Hey guys, we are back. It's Malik on the ones and twos. I hope everybody has been well. Another week, another lesson. I got my babies with me, Aaron, Trey, and Stevie. What's up? That was very Ayanla-ish. I don't really know where the hell that was coming from. Well, girl, maybe I but, was giving Ayanla today, girl. But life and lessons on a week, bitch. I just don't see it. The week, I don't get it. But um, I guess I'm fine, as you can say. Okay. I don't really know. <laughs> that, didn't sound, that didn't sound too fine, girl. Uh, okay. <laughs> Trey has a headache, and so he's not really at his 100%. Girl, she being vegan with Beyonce, honey. Listen. (laughs) First of all, I'm not going to let you present this as it is a vegan with Beyonce movement. No. I always do things before, a month before I turn any age, before my birthday, I do something for myself. Mm -hmm. And I have been thinking about going vegan for years my parents are actually vegan now so i was like you know what let me start this new journey let me try something new so i decided to go vegan for 50 days till my birthday um i started a few days ago and it's hard because things taste really good with chicken in it um so that is how i feel but i'm gonna make it through i do have a slight headache but you bitches give me headaches every day. Girl, so girl. there's I mean that that is what it's gonna be. Well, good luck to you and Beyonce. Uh speaking of Beyonce, not that there's anything wrong with going vegan because Beyonce said it's time to. Um I would have, except for the fact that I can't. Um my queen, my empress. I wanted to actually talk about her real quick, just real quick. I just wanted to touch on her because whenever I need my life restored, I watch some old performances. By her. Um, this morning, I watched the CMA performance um, with her and the Dixie Chicks, and the white people was mad, and I was I was living. <laughs> and um, then I also watched her 2016 VMAs performance, which I just every time I watch it, I just be like, what would I be like if I was in the audience? Like I would be losing my entire, I'd be screaming my brains out the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like the cameras could not have went, went to me because it would have been a hot, they would have been like, okay, this cut away from this nigga. Like, I'm tearing my hair out and throwing it <laughs> at the stage. Like, I just, I don't understand. She is the life. Like, she's my life. I love her so much. But, <sighs> Beyonce. All right. Back to your stars on my Okay. Ooh, Beyonce. <laughs> You were sounding a lot like a Beyonce hater. Really. So, <laughs> not that is kind of me. Wait, don't put that out into yeah, the world. That is the queen for you twenty years strong. Don't watch do that. Watch your man. You should watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. You need to watch your mouth. Don't you ever come <laughs> for me about my girl okay. Beyonce Giselle Carter Nose. Not that it was Nose, nose Carter. Nose Carter. Nose Carter. Your girl. Your girl. Oh. Unbeliever. Shun the unbeliever. See uh, now, what you're not going to do is attack me. Okay. What we're not going to do is that. Hello. So let me just say, um, now you got me sidetracked about what the fuck I was really going to say because you tried to shape. See, I can't stand your ass. Oh, you got this damn bunny in your head and now, now you want to be all brand and new. her hair is done. Yeah. You look nice, but I'm just saying. Um, what I'm, I'm sorry. Excuse me. No, 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 no. No, what you're not going to do is interrupt me. Oh, Bitch, you got enough. You got you enough mic time. About can I, I was trying to speak. 
See, that's the issue with you hoes. You like to over talk my ass. Girl, go ahead. Okay, damn. You always got a mic. You come look, on, we know on, you girl. like the dick. It's come not on, that girl. close. Today. Um I'm just going to say that <laughs> I wanted to talk about um what's this little light skinned child name? Um Amanda what is it? Amanda Light skinned child. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna call <laughs> her. Um I saw before you start, I would just like to say that Amanda, uh, she identifies as non-binary, uh-huh. so it would probably be better to use the pronoun they, they. when mm-hmm. referring to mm-hmm. them. Okay? Thanks. Them has been getting on my nerves. Them has been trying it very, very recently over my girl, um, Letitia. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Let me tell you something. And what does Letitia Wright do or in or Okay, so if you have if you don't know, unless you under a fucking bridge, she Letitia Wright is in the amazing theatrical Black Panther. Uh she plays uh what is it, Shuri? I wanna make sure I say that right. Mm, I'm not really sure. Uh, okay. But I've seen the movie, but, but I've seen the movie. Um and she is a brilliant actress. She plays in. She was in um, Black Mirror recently. Mm. Um, she's an, a brilliant actress, and Amanda went on an interview and explained how how she got a role. She was auditioning to play the same character as Letitia. And decided that because she was light-skinned, that it wasn't her place to be in that role or in the movie in general. Now, here's my issue. That's all fine and dandy. A lot of actresses and actors audition for roles and don't get it. Um, Case in point, we all know Monique and Taraji. Come on. (laughs) So now... Here's my issue. You weren't chosen because you weren't chosen, honey. Letitia played her role correctly. And the the notion that you gave her, you gave it to her or you handed it down to her is utterly disrespectful to what this woman has worked for and what was earned that she earned. Now, let me just say, one, you weren't even... Th- Ryan Cooler didn't even want you. Mm-hmm. So I don't even understand, like, what your point is. Like, I'm I'm hurt for her because it was utterly disrespectful to me that you even try to put yourself... Like, we understand that you auditioned and then you decided on your own merits that you... Don't try to turn yourself into some martyr for some shit that you... I, I'm, I'm upset. Aaron, please speak because you can... <laughs> eloquently put peace speak i think what trey is trying to say is that amandala inserted themselves into uh, something that they didn't have to Mm. um if that had actually been the case if you had taken yourself out of the running for that particular role because of the fact that you wanted to see darker skinned folk that still would have been incorrect because um africa is not only like there's not only darker skin folk right. in Africa 
uh, that's a misconception. And, um, but I mean, I guess your heart still would have been in the right place, maybe. But apparently, that's not actually what happened. Apparently, um, Ryan Coogler never really had you in mind. So, gag. So now you just look like you were just trying to get attention um, based off of the immense success of Black Panther, which is trash. Um, and I think in trying to make yourself a destabilizer of colorism in the black community, you actually highlighted yourself as someone who perpetuates it. Mm-hmm. So that was probably a, not a great move. Um, and that's annoying. So maybe shush for a little while, babe. I mean, I do not discredit what you've done, um, your work. Uh, you are a fantastic actress as well. Just uh, maybe shush for a little while. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it could have. I mean, I haven't read the interview. I get a general understanding of what the situation is about, but um, I don't think she blatantly said that. You know, well, girl, I passed it up so Letitia could have it. But in doing that interview, you inadvertently give that um, when you like speak on someone else's just journey. And I feel like it's always black women speaking against another black woman or a darker skinned woman. So it, it's just all bad. And, yeah, so now I'm off of that. Um, yeah, the, I'm off of that. <laughs> yeah, I we'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. Hey, y'all, it's Trey. And it's Aaron. And I wanted to tell y'all my fucking jam of the week. Okay? My jam of this week is Make Me Feel by my girl Janelle Monet. Okay? What's yours? Mine is Look by LaKayla47. Um, yeah. Oh, that's wasn't as enthusiastic. But anyway, you can all and make sure you listen to our show on Spotify, on SoundCloud, and on motherfucking iTunes. I mean, Apple Podcasts. And you can check us out on Radio Public. Thanks for listening. Love you. Hey, y'all. We back. I still got a headache, so Malik, take this shit away. <laughs> I can't. Um, so as most of you know, like I started, um, going to therapy, uh, in November of last year. And, um, it's something that I like highlight on the show. And it's something that I talk about often just because mental health, um, is so taboo within the black community as well as the black gay community. And, um, I really wanted to use today's episode to kind of like highlight some of the things that are, stigmatized around um, having and maintaining good mental health. Um, so, yeah, Aaron. <laughs> uh, it, my thoughts on this subject are, are varied in many. Um, I'm going to try not to ramble like I usually do. Yeah. Uh, to take it back to a sort of beginning, I, I'm going to start with my own childhood. I mean, growing up in a black household, mental health was always somehow combined with spirituality and but in a negative way, mm-hmm. um, because mental health is mental health is, a, is 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 a real thing, and mental illness is a real thing. And um, black churches or just like black households that you know have, oh man, I'm I'm getting messed up. Okay, so 
Growing up in a black household that had an emphasis on the church, you know, everything that was out of whack was always considered a spirit, something that could be prayed away, something that could be, um, you go to church enough times and you have the pastor lay hands on you, then immediately you were healed of it. And um, it's crazy because it creates, you know, sort of a passively traumatic experience for a child, especially one that is discovering that, um, you know, things might be a little different. They might see the world a little differently than, you know, someone else. And not to um, talk too much business, but my sister, she um, she has bipolar disorder. And um, she and my mother are kind of at odds um, because, you know, when she was younger, the symptoms started to manifest themselves. And, you know, it was like, oh, OK, well, this is a thing that can be prayed away. It's, mm. just, it's, it's a demon. That's basically what the general consensus of the family, you know. And so effectively, they did nothing. You know, they just they they prayed about it. They had somebody lay hands and, you know, oh, you know, um, my, my daughter, please guide my daughter, you know, what have you. And it's like there are things that she probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have experienced negative things. She could have had a different quality of life, mm. you know, if they had taken steps to treat it, you know, and this whole we don't go to the doctor thing in black households is even more accentuated when you add in mental health. It's like. Nobody wants to be regarded as quote unquote crazy. Mm. Um, but there's so many things that happen in black households that no one talks about. Oh. It's like shrouded in secrecy. And these things are, they range. I mean, they range from like emotional and physical abuse to, oh, geez, I don't know. I mean, I can't think yeah. of examples at the moment, but these things are traumatic experiences. Not saying they happen to everybody, but, you know, things that do happen, it's like stop putting them under the rug because. They help me out, Malik. Um, I just want to say that a lot of the time that I spend in therapy is me unlearning things that I learned from my family and me growing up in my adolescent years. Um, and there is this, you know, growing up in the South, obviously religion um, is a big part of like my family and going to church, um, even though we didn't go every Sunday, just the traditions and you know what to do. Uh, you know what to do is what I call them. Um, and I don't necessarily identify with the Christian faith, but there are things that have been ingrained in, in, into me. And I've had to go to therapy to unlearn them. And just I think about when when I first was battling with me being gay, mm. um, a lot of the I was confronted with the the whole thing of like, pray, pray it away. And it's it's more than. Your mental stability is more than praying, you know? Spirituality in itself is different from mental health. And like you said, sometimes we just, um, you know, we put it as a whole and it, is, it, it, it can't be like that. And again, most of my time is me cleaning up what happened 10, 20 years ago. None of it is me working on things that are happening now, you know? Yeah, no, um... I, I want to quote a, a song that I've, been, that I've been listening to a lot. It's um, by my friend Jeff Taylor. It's on his uh, EP Retrograde. Uh, the song is called Can You Imagine? Um, and it kind of parallels my childhood. Um, and I think it kind of parallels this conversation. I want to just quote the chorus. I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to talk it. It's not that long. But it says, uh, can you imagine the life of a little boy thinking he has to confess? Can you imagine the moment when you know that you're not like everyone else? Can you imagine... Growing up thinking you chose the life that you get, because I can imagine. I wonder, can you imagine? Because I can imagine it all. And mm -hmm. I mean, the highlight that you had, Malik, on, you know, growing up, like, 
discovering your sexuality, how traumatic it is mm. to think that you, who you are is a demon. And it's like that that made me an apologist. I was always apologizing for what I felt and, you know, whatever. And that has reaches into who I am now as an adult. I mean, I suffer from social anxiety and, you know, it wouldn't be too difficult to trace that back to that, those sort of beginnings. And these things could have been avoided if we just put a focus on mental health. My mom's all about it now. You know, she's learned, she's looked back, she has hindsight, but it's like these things, they, they could have never happened if we had just you know, allowed ourselves to look at our minds and the way we process things as black folk completely differently. It's like not to envy white folk because I don't, but yeah. it's like they, you know, as soon as something is awry, they write to the doctor. What's going on with, you know what I'm saying? Let's let's get the help, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like that is that just doesn't happen for black households. And it's sad. Um, I'm taking an abnormal psych class right now. And it's illuminating so many things. There's so many social stigmas surrounding mental illness and uh, disorders. Um, and some of them I still carry around myself. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic to learn more about them because it it makes me better able to relate to and uh, communicate with people that are around me. Um, kind of have to stop yourself from diagnosing people. But in general, you just, it, I mean, we're right now we're talking about anxiety disorders, which is slightly triggering um because they're listing the factors the cognitive uh and the cognitive behaviors of somebody that suffers from anxiety i'm just like well i'm really all in this mug am i but um it's i don't know i'm I'm rambling again but just (laughs) help me out trey Wow, that was a long story. Um, <coughs> from you, I mean, like you just ramble. Um, really but I love you. I do. Well, it was all. It was, was all needed and necessary. I like to joke with him sometimes. And sometimes it's mean. Um, but I think I have a different experience than both of you. Um, my parents were both raised in the church, um, but I wasn't. I think at till I was maybe two or three. We weren't really that religious. Um, And my parents never shied away from things like therapy or um, writing down your feelings. Or we're like a very, we meditate now. Um, And so I still, but I still had these issues that um, needed therapy in ways that I didn't, I never could have imagined. Like me and my parents, I think while they were so open and so loving, there's a lot of a of a power struggle still. Um, even with me growing up and and not being in the house every single day, there's still going to be a power struggle until probably I'm I'm 92. Um, and on both sides, there was a time where um, when I was a kid, my dad taught me. I was a student and it was the hardest thing to flip the switch because like a parent, they're going to push you harder than they push everyone else. And so now you see, oh, you're my teacher, but you can't push me harder than everyone else just because you're my parent. And so you, you, sometimes I had to deal with, oh, why is he picking on it seems like you're picking on me and for a long time that was an issue where you i need i for myself need to be treated equally and fairly as everyone else um no matter who you are 
me and my sister have these issues still where I can't, there should be, I believe in equal punishment for all crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in equal pay for all things, depending, but depending on your resume, your pay may increase. But um, I think for me, therapy was something that I didn't shy away from, but it's always, you see, oh, if you go to therapy, there's something, there, there gotta be something wrong with you. Yeah. Um, I remember I work during the summer as a lifeguard. And, you know, you hear them old white people sitting by the pool talking about somebody. And this woman, she, I think, has three different therapists. Um, and this man said, well, she going to see one, so you know there's something wrong with her. And I was just thinking, there's not necessarily something wrong. I think she's more just trying to figure out what's going on in her life or or reassess the things that have she has chosen to do or things that have happened. I know for myself, I call Malik sometimes as a check on myself. Um, I often do that with a lot of people that I go through a situation and then I'll call somebody that was out of the situation, try to tell both sides equally and Get their reaction because you oftentimes need to have a check to see maybe I did do something wrong or maybe it's not as as I as black as black and white as I saw it. So for me, that's where um, therapy and just checking in with yourself is is that's where I I take it. So, Stevie, do you have anything? I'm sorry. I felt like I was rambling. No, it's okay. Um, I look at it as, like, I just, I don't want to put myself in a situation, but I, like, want to, like, shine light on my mom. She's, uh, she has very, very bad anxiety. And I'm, like, her go-to person to keep her anxiety at, like, an, um, an equal level. And I like the fact that I'm able to do that for her, but it also, like, puts something on me that like intensifies my anxiety when she's like rambling and all over the place and then I'm like all over the place too and it's like hard to balance the two and it also comes from my mom's upbringing like she's been through a lot of shit and it's like with her anxiety it all makes sense but I'm just like what am I supposed to do when she's like all over the place and then I'm all over the place and then I find my center which I can't help her find hers it's like a a whole bunch of shit but Dealing, I, looking at her now that she's like also she's attending um, therapy as well. So I'm gonna start going with her because she's been asking me to go, and I've been like, Ma, listen, I I think my therapy is enough at us with us at home. But she's been telling me like, Steve, like come on, come with me, let's go. And I've been like kind of like neglecting it. But now I'm gonna take the time because I'm like I was very quiet the whole episode because I'm like digesting everything and taking it all in. So now I'm going to like apply all the all the things that you guys have said and like apply it to myself and like start going to therapy with my mom and also going to therapy for myself because I've learned through these last couple of weeks of the shit that I've been going through, I might just need it a little bit just not to just talk to my friends and talk to you guys and just bring it to the show. But I just want to like definitely start attending therapy. But I wanted to say that it's sometimes I, I don't like to think of a therapist as like a, a medical professional, even though they are. Um, I think of it as like a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how you go to your friend and you talk to them about any and everything, depending on how close you are. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, girl, I don't think that was right. Or girl, I, I, I think 
you should have handled it this way, or did you think about this, or did you think about that? And that's what I think of therapy as. I think of it as a friend who I'm paying um, (laughs) to listen to me and to help me see the bigger picture and break down my steps in that, my my, um, actions. Um, And so that's where I I see it. Uh, We'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Malik and Phoebe, and you're listening to him. So I just wanted to let y'all in on my jam of the week. Yeah. Bitch, I've been on the train getting my jam on to Broken Clocks by SZA. What's your new shit of the week? Oh, this ain't my new shit. This always been my shit. Miss Tony Braxton, uh, take this ring, baby. That's my shit. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at him podcast. And step into our world at himpodcast.com. Yeah, baby. Hey, girls, we back. Um, But yeah, like I continued the conversation that we were having. I just wanted to say that um, to contrast the, 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 the conversation, because I know that we were we were stating the taboos and the stigmas surrounding mental health. But we also have to note that people of color have less opportunities and resources to be seen by therapists or just medical medical in, in general. So we can't, we have to tell both sides of the story, basically. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fantastic point. Um, it's sometimes it's difficult to see, you know, us as, as disenfranchised as we really are. Mm. Um, it's like, you know, on the service that you're disenfranchised, maybe like the um, more, for lack of a better word, popular points that, you know, those of us, you know, it's like we focus on. But if you look deeper, it's like it goes so deep in it. And in, in what you just said illuminated that. And so that's definitely something that we should look into um, as a community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should, I'm actually going to research some ways that we could um, start extending that. I mean, my, my focus always goes back to like kids. Um, I love kids, but also just, you know, our youth, um, it's always better to treat these things or to help establish these sorts of connections and strengths early. Mm. Um, because me as a person that's turning 30 in in a few years, it's like, it'd be better to have gotten me a little earlier, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think overall it's, it's about positivity versus pessimism and how, I think previous generations have focused more on pessimism. And I think our generation focuses more on positivity in that we are the most self-aware generation. Um, we look inward more than we project things outward. We don't sweep things under the rug as much. And that has earned us a reputation as the most sensitive generation. But I think that we're finally doing something that, you know, previous generations should have done. Um, we're trying to find the root cause of what is you know, what has us like this, you know, we're so existential in our thinking uh, and we carry around a lot of depression and anxiety. And, um, you know, people wonder why that is. And it's like, I mean, you know, all you have to do is like, is go ahead. No, I'm just saying that like, bitch, we went from living 37, like the average life used to be like 37 years old. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And now we like live until 70, 80, 90. So of course we're going to need methods to maintain and tighten 
and continue life because bitch, we, we, we're living, life is totally different. We have totally different sets of responsibilities to adhere to. And also what a human is, that definition is it's bigger. So we have more room to expand as a human being. So of course we, what I'm saying again is that we need those resources in order to live a, a successful, to maintain a, a successful life. Agreed. Um, yeah. Stevie, what you got to say on that? Um, I'm learning so much. I'm going to say that um, this, 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 what everyone's talking about is like really, really touching me in a way. And I'm not kind of like trying to get myself together on the side and not saying so much. But this is definitely a big, big episode to learn something from. And I hope everyone definitely learns something. And I just want to say that it is, I think... A lot of times people are afraid to, not afraid, but don't want to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that I think I deal with my damn self. Yeah. If I feel like I can do it, I'm not going to ask you for help. Mm-hmm. And until it reaches a point where I got 90 things on my back and I'm sinking and then you're looking at me like, bitch, I asked you for help okay. when you had two things on your back. So can I help you now? And I think that we should now start thinking that huh, we all need help. Um, okay. No matter, no matter <laughs> what it some. is, we all need help. And it's, it's something that you shouldn't be afraid of. I think in our community, we are often afraid to be seen as weak. Oh. To be seen as not able to handle things on your own. And it's it's really hard to live a sustainable life mm-hmm. if you're not willing to know that you we all lack in some places. Mm. And if you can't ask for help, you can't move forward and you can't pro- progress and and evolve and be a different be different than you were 5 minutes ago. Um and that is something that I myself am, I'm saying ask for help but my own damn self can't even ask for help when it's the basic things like shit i be needing sometimes you need help and i think my biggest thing is i want everyone to know that look if you need to even ask a member of him if you want to send an email to him to ask for help like we will get on the phone we will say look i'm busy right now i got class but Call me at 5 p.m. or 6 and let's talk through it. Because, shit, you never know who's going through something. And them asking for help is their way of opening up and and trying to get someone to lean on. So that's that's my biggest thing, that we should not be afraid to ask for help. That is, I think, something. Or check in on people. I mm-hmm. think of... Just, I'm just thinking on mental health <clears throat> in, uh, in general. We we uh-huh. seem as a society, as a culture, an American culture is we don't want to talk about mental health until it's something too, happens. It's too late, yeah. And I think that we should, we need to rewrite. I think the the latest shooting is a chance for us to rewrite um, how we address both mental health and and gun safety, but especially mental health. Because we can, there are ways that we can check in and help one another that 
can protect us all, that can make just make society evolve into a better place. Um, I feel like I'm rambling, so please, someone cut in. So I just have a like a, a side story. Um, about two years ago, I sat down and um, I'm in a very healing space with my mother. Like um, my mom, she's a great parent, but I think that in having a gay son, there were some things that were overlooked, and it is not my duty to tell her what was wrong and right at that point. But now that I'm older, I can tell her how what she has, how she's raised me, has affected. Um, my adult life. And by that, what I mean is like when I was in high school, my mom remarried and my stepfather would have me do, well, once once it came out that I was gay, he would have me do 25 push-ups a night. And I did this my entire high school career until I like, and the whole point of me like wanting to go away was to get away from that. And I finally actually got a chance to talk to my mom about it like two summers ago And I was just like, well, first of all, bitch, what the fuck? And she told me, she was just like, well, baby, he was like really confused because you were gay. And my next question was to her was just like, well, girl, I'm not, that's not my biological father, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's shit like that is why I go to therapy, you know? Um, And just, I went through hella bullying when I was in elementary school, middle school, and high school. And again, it's just like, a, like, uh, like I said earlier, most of the shit that I'm in therapy for happened to me at least 20 years ago. <laughs> Nothing within the last five years. Um, and it's just like, wow, we have that type of parenting in the world. Um, and I know a lot of other people have been through similar, you know, something similar to that. And it's just not okay. We have to start loving our gay youth. If you have a son or a daughter that is gay, you have to love them and to accept them now because it's, they're going to live a hard life when they're like 29 and 30 and 35. Mm-hmm. Hell, it's niggas that's 40 and 50 that are still struggling to come to terms with their sexuality because of things that happen in their adolescence. And again, I say that if you don't have insurance, if you do have insurance, you have to research and you have to find your resources. And that's one of the things that I wanted to comment on earlier is, is that I think some of the things affect the black community the way they do is because we don't read, we don't research. And there are certain things out there for us as a community, but it's not, we're not going to be able to take effect until we actually go out and do the research and see what is out there. Let's make it normal to work on ourselves. Mm. Um, I don't want to dig too deep into the romantic side of it, but we carry around insecurities and um, tendencies that, you know, are maybe violent in nature or exclusionary. And we make that a normal thing. We even make it so that it's romantic, you know, and these are things that can lead to some real issues later. And we need to make it normal to be working on us. We need to make it normal to be loving, kind and considerate, not only to others, but to ourselves, We punish ourselves a lot. Mm. And um, that cannot be the norm anymore. We have to work on it. And, and, you know, don't make fun of people that are doing that and they're public with it. You know, don't don't make them out to be simps because they are just trying to find their happy. You know what I'm saying? And you should be doing the same thing. So let's make a new normal. 
uh, when it, with regards to mental health and how it extends, because it extends in so many different areas. Mm. And so that's just, I, that's what I want to do. I mean, that's part of why I am who I am and how I relate to people and how I communicate with people. That's, that's a big part of it. And I want to say, you know, I always got to plug my website. What? Um, girl, what? Look, we just, wait, wait, we just wait, 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 this is going to hum mental, girl. Go ahead, baby. See, see, here, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what's so funny, right? No. They're going to feel like such assholes once I finish what I'm oh, saying. No. So I said, that. you know, I plugged the site, but himpodcast.com has resources. We will be putting up resources that will, you know, as Malik said, research. We want to help you with that research. We have resources that will help you find therapists or or just to talk, find somebody to talk to and to think about your mental health. And as these four, these three niggas look at no. me sideways. I didn't look at you sideways. We'll be right back before I, so I can cut these bitches. Hey, babies, it's Aaron, and you're listening to him. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Radio Public. And head on over to our website, himpodcast.com, for blog posts and announcements. Hey yo, we are back. Um, I'm still not feeling well, but who gives a fuck? Um, we have a listener's question, and it is from our listener Falu, and he asked, um, "What advice could we give to our young gay foreigners that are planning to kind of move to the U.S.?" So this is a question about anybody trying to move. Um, what advice would you guys give? Do we have any good ones? I got a few. But we'll start, we'll start it off, baby. Okay, well, I mean, you you should I'm a, a big thing a big person on planning. So I like to plan everything out. Um make sure this is exactly what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um we oftentimes move and then five months later are like, I didn't really think this one through. Weird. You almost broke and destitute, and you like, Lord, somebody help me. I wish I would have thought about this. And especially if you're a foreigner, um, you can't fly back home. <laughs> it's a little bit harder to fly back to what, Europe or to to the just fly back home. So for me, I live about two hours away, mm-hmm. and it's still like, oh, what did I do sometimes? Mm-hmm. So I think that is the big thing. Um, but if you're moving to like New York, honey, um, research, baby, research, research hard, um, get, get used to brunches. Um, okay. that is something that you should get your really brunch, your brunch know, boot. Bitch. Make get sure the, you know what a metro card is, bitch, because you're going to need her. Um, yeah, get a brunch boot, um, and, <laughs> and several, and, and a, a few different variations of colors and styles. Okay. 
Um, I don't want to see no no um, no joggers and brunch boots though. That's what I'm not gonna see. I think that's kind of cute. Uh, I like that look. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, Stevie thinks that's kind of cute. I do. So y'all can hit Stevie up with those photos. Hit me up, bitch. I don't care. Uh, but, Girl, Aaron. Go yeah, ahead. Aaron has a lot. I, not necessarily. I if you're planning on moving anywhere, m- money, mm, coins, money, 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 money. Um, that is the downfall of, of of most people that plan to move somewhere. They don't have enough money saved up. Save up as much as you think you're going to need, and then double that. Um, because you never know what is actually going to happen if you're moving to New York City. Money times 12. Um, But have some shit set up before you get here. Have a job. Don't. If you can. Have somewhere to stay. Because those two things are what powers the machine here. If you do not have a stable place to live and or if you don't have a stable place to work somewhere that's going to give you cash that you can pay for where you're living, you are already at a disadvantage in a huge one. This city cares nothing for people that haven't got their shit together. Mm-hmm. The city will keep on churning and moving whether you're underneath the grindstone or on top of it. So you need to get your shit together and have it together before you get here. Um, that's right. And moving anywhere, but New York City especially. Jesus Christ. I almost didn't make it. Um, but here I am by the grace of <laughs> Thor. I so. what I knew now. Okay, Bruh. <laughs> no tease. As Aaron was saying that, I just really heard never would have made it. In the background, um, but none of that Christian shit not around that. here. Um, <laughs> let me just say also, one thing I would say is, um, if you're moving and, and you've met people here through social media or through any any avenue, um, don't trust I, that. I wouldn't say don't trust Mm-mm. it, but I would say really, really think on it, um, really know the people that you're around you trust um because you just never know the city will change people um will make you will open your eyes to some things um and so do you have something well i mean we don't want to create undue uh, skepticism um and people who no, no no and i know what you're trying to say it's just that Definitely be discerning, um, but don't be unnecessarily untrustworthy. I mean, if these are people you already trust, then don't start doubting them. Some girls change, though. <clears throat> they do. I mean, everybody changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you don't you don't want to get too caught up in what could happen because that'll stop you from looking at what's happening. So, but I don't think that would change people. I just think that that was more of just. Mm-hmm. If you already trust this person, then you're going to keep going. Like, I don't think what I said was changing, but whatever. Um, well, girl, what I wanted to say was... Bitch, excuse me. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What wait a minute. I wanted to I'm say I'm not going was, to allow you to continue to do this. Me, you you're are, done. I know, but you're you got to wait for me to breathe first. Anywho, but like I was saying, um, you want to maybe save anywhere from ten dollars to $15,000 if you're serious about actually moving to New York. Um, and you want to make sure that you're either in school or you have a job. Um, and also you want to make sure that you know yourself. So if you're a planner, you need to be more versatile. Mm -hmm. And if you're not a planner, you need to plan. So my mistake is, is that I am not a planner. So everything that happened to me happened to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wish I would have planned a lot more, but my life is beautiful here because I've run into a lot of luck. 
There we go. And I'm surrounded by beautiful people. But if you're someone who can't take, you you have to know every turn and every angle of the situation, then I would say still keep some of that, but you need to be a little bit more versatile because let me tell you, if anything can go wrong in New York City, it will go wrong. And literally will have you in the street grabbing your wig, but booty naked. So, yeah. Murphy's Law was created mm-hmm. in New York City. No shit. Um, so just uh, I think the overall message here is just to have your shit together mm-hmm. in every aspect um, before you move anywhere and most especially to New York City. Oh, um have your shit together. Don't just prance out and be like, yeah, I'm just going to wing it. No, yeah. Don't don't wing it, babe. Yo, never, never, ever wing it. Hey, the wing, no. girl. No shade. Please, just like, Listen, get you a leg. don't use your wings. Okay. Get on a plane. You know what I'm saying? I won't get Miss Mamas. And girl, right. I am still gagging. Right. Girl. Let somebody else wing it for you. Stop living okay? for my life, bitch. And I'm gagging every fucking day, bitch. Gag coming here today. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, I wasn't even in there. I was not even paying attention. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sick, and this veganist is killing me. So, we'll see y'all next week like we always do. <laughs> Kisses and hugs and shit. Yeah, yeah baby. You're always trying to kiss and hug on somebody. Um, Kiss up and love and fill up. Anyway, um, <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. Love y'all. Yeah. Yo, 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 yo,